All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Alora Canfield Show, the Awaken the Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I know it's a special day, Friday. It's almost the end of the month. We're in the full moon energies. There's a lot going on. And um, my good friend Elizabeth Wood is back with us today. And we're going to be talking about how to start a new experiment in consciousness, what all that means. We'll be talking to Elizabeth about that. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about, I don't know, all, all, there's always so much. But we're going to talk a little bit about what steps we need to take at the end and beginning of something new. And I feel like we are in that energy right now. The optimal usage of our time right now. Oh, it's exactly <laughs> what's coming in the near future that we need to prepare for and how to reclaim the temple of light, the DNA. So we're going to talk about all of that and more. And it's just so amazing how I was just asking Elizabeth if we could talk a little bit about motivation and the energies right now. And that's already what's on, on you know, what we're going to talk about. Um, so interesting. So Elizabeth, if you don't know, is a dear friend. She's been on our show many times um, and she's considered an advanced seer. She works on the cutting edge of galactic and quantum anthropology, trauma healing and futurism. And with her lifelong ability to see into and work with all dimensions, her theoretical and psychic work has helped people all over the world. She's called the Living Library and Oracle and she has spent her whole life studying anthropological theory, quantum physics, ancient and modern medicine, and so much more. She has two science degrees, including a master's in applied anthropology, and her philosophies and practices bridge science and spirituality to support real change in the world. And right now, that's, I think, what we're all experiencing and wanting to have is that real change in the world that we'd like to experience. So Elizabeth, welcome back to the show. So glad to have you here. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad to be here and work with all of you at this very special time, the end of January, 2021. What an amazing moment we have together today. Absolutely. And you know, it's the full moon yesterday, right? So I wanted to talk a little bit about those energies and about, <laughs> I was talking about motivation, right? And it's like, sometimes, you know, we're like really motivated other times, like, oh, I don't want to do anything. There's like, there's no energy to do anything. And there is a, a cycle to that as well. So hopefully we can talk a little bit about that. Um, also, we're going to be taking live caller questions. So we already have people's hands raised. Some people have their hand raised and um, you can either raise your hand or you can type your question in the chat. That'd be awesome. All right. So <laughs> Elizabeth, let's start off by talking about the energies right now, you know, endings and new beginnings and what the, what that really looks like and what that means. And can we actually, I always ask so many questions at once, right? Can we actually use this energy to, you know, really create what we want in the world? Well, that's the fun part because now there's no structure for us to have to navigate through. The ancient experiment of consciousness for humanity is finished. And when you build an experiment, Alara, it's gotta be really pretty precise. If you wanna get really good quality results from any experiment, the precision level quality assurance has to be really, really clean and clear. And that's for either social science or what some people call hard science, even though it's all science. So you come into a scientific experiment and you're going to come with a hypothesis, either a, a framework question that you want to answer. And we had that. 
or an assumption that you think is going to be an outcome. In this case, the experiment in consciousness for humanity started out with the framework question, hey, is this universe really based in love? If so, if that's true, then anything we throw at humans in this experiment is always going to end in love. And so what did they throw at us? What did the experiment open up for? Immense amounts of interference, immense amounts of agendas that are not human agendas. Everybody's got an agenda. Angels have an angel agenda. Pleiadians have a Pleiadian agenda. Human beings have had to rediscover a self-love for themselves and they've got to and are still noticing, hey, if I love myself, then I'm healthier. If I love myself, then the people around me are happier too. If I love my humanness, then I get to work with more people, more doors open up. And so we're reclaiming the human agenda at the beginning and the ending. The ending is that all the structure and all the parameters around the experiment are gone. We proved the hypothesis that love is all things, that all things end up in love, no matter how tough or difficult. And all of our lives are proof of that. Each of our human lives are proof of that. So the self-love piece is key. So at the beginning and ending, we get to do what's called recapitulation. Recapitulation. We got to draw out all the wisdom of half a million years of stuff, right? Half a million years of being tested, being tested as a, a conscious creator being. As conscious creator beings, we've been tested in this experiment. It's over. So it's all gone. The blinding clarity is immense. It's clear light now. What before was distorted by parameters and distorted by immense amounts of trauma and information, there's none of that anymore. And so at the beginning of something new, you must turn around and bow to with honor what has happened before. So the first step for you to take advantage of what's available, the clear light of existence that hasn't been available before, it was always run through an experimental structure. The first step is for us to be grateful, for us to be grateful for our ancestors and their trauma, for us to be reverent to our own lives. I've been trying to do recapitulation from this vantage point and it's hard because I keep avoiding it. I keep avoiding it because I haven't been willing to dignify the past 38 years with gratitude. And now I have a different attitude today, today, <laughs> that I can look at my life with gratitude, but with dignity. And that's what we can do. So you start with your own life. You start with your ancestors. And all you have to do to do this right is to draw it through the heart. 
It's an ancient yogic tradition to take all those people, all the masculine and feminine, all of the people that you've ever loved and all the people that have ever hurt you, and you bow to them with gratitude and you bring them through the heart, through this gateway of the heart where source is an entrance to get back home. So our ancestors no longer have to wander the earth as ghosts or to wait for us in time, wondering if we'll ever notice what kinds of effort they put in, even if they led terrible lives. There's been a lot of people in limbo, a lot of souls in limbo. None of that has to be the case anymore. We have the ability now, all of you, all of us now, we can bring them all through our hearts so they get to go home. This is the cool part about the beginning of something, is that you recapitulate everything, you bring all that wisdom through by just envisioning that everyone like i'm not as much of a feeler as many of you are so the empaths will be able to feel it more than visualize it those of you who are more like left brain mental you're going to be able to see this so you just got to envision it with your imagination if you open your heart there's this little beautiful spark of light that when you look at it it gets a lot bigger and it ends up becoming a doorway this is the doorway to many dimensions, but it's also a doorway home, a doorway to source, to the stillness of source. So everything moves back to source. And in this way, each of us becomes a gateway, a gateway for both light that will move through like a conduit to the real internet, the electromagnetic plasma internet that all of us are part of, but also a gateway for all the different consciousness that needs to be able to get back to source that maybe couldn't do that for many, many years, any amount of years. Anyone who's ever gone to an ancient site knows that there's folks wandering around there. They all get to go home too. The experiment is over. It's time for them to go home, but it's up to us, those who are in embodiment now at the end and the beginning to accomplish this. So how do you get yourself motivated to do something like this? Because the best part is the beginning part. The best part hasn't been created yet. You're the creator of the beginning. You get to decide what you're going to experiment on. We may or may not decide as a species to create a new experiment. So if you could have all the clarity you've ever craved, if you could feel every nuanced frequency and all of its refinement, if you could be fully 100% grounded in your body on this planet, what would you do? So if you want motivation, Reclaim the superpowers of being human because you have that. You have clarity. You have a fully functioning third eye. You have an immense heart field that connects you to a huge circuitry that is measurable. 
and it's a circuitry that is galactic. It is not just between humans. It is between us, ourselves, our planet, our sun, our solar system, our galaxy, and all of the other galaxies of this universe function the same way with this massive plasma universe internet that we have access to constantly. And all of your abilities and all of your desires and all of your hopes and your dreams well, they can be played out now on this real internet with your body, with your heart field, and with your mind. So motivation is going to come when you decide to have personal initiative. Personal initiative, you can't do anything in science without personal initiative. You cannot win a soccer game without all of the players having personal initiative because they see themselves then as part of a whole. And who here has been feeling lonely the past few years? I have. I got so lonely that I decided it was my lot in life <laughs> to be lonely. And now that the experiment and all of its structure and all of its components is gone, I don't feel lonely at all. I can feel all of the human beings on this planet. I can feel their soul. I can feel source in them. I can feel and see source in all things. The clarity now is unprecedented, which means something very cool, that everything you'd been ever trying to accomplish before, remember how it felt so slow? How it felt like it just wasn't going to get anywhere. Even when time felt like it was going faster, it was like, oh, trying to manifest anything. It's like such a hard work. Okay, I got to do the work. I got to do the work. All of that's done too. There's no more structure in the way for stuff to bounce off of and bounce back at you. Everything right now can happen faster. You want enlightenment? It can happen faster. You want peace? Maybe enlightenment's not your trajectory. That's perfectly okay. Maybe you just want inner peace. That's a really great thing to shoot for. That can happen faster. Do you want to completely redefine the concept of wealth? Yeah, totally. What if we were willing to look at every definition for everything we ever had before in the experiment and just break it down, start fresh, this is the opportunity you have for a new beginning. And I really mean it. You can't do this without a beginner's mind. You're not gonna have any fun with all these energies if you don't throw out everything you ever thought you knew. And being a know-it-all over here, it's really hard <laughs> to, to do that because I'm a big know-it-all. I, I love thinking that I know something or know the truth. But that's my ego. And that'll become more and more apparent too. If you desire to break down ego and just to notice it and to value what ego has shown you, you can do that faster. Because now if you say it out loud, I'd really like to know how much um, of my ego that I've chipped away at, how much progress have I had? So we make it a positive statement. How much progress have I made? And then notice how it makes you feel 
to see very clearly when your ego shows up. Notice how it makes you feel to see really clearly when your worthlessness or your arrogance shows up. Because you'll be able to see it with blinding clarity now. I was like super depressed earlier in the month. And I told my teacher, I just have so much more ego to go. It's making me really depressed. I just know how immense my ego is. And she said, recognition is liberation. And you have that. I'm reminding you of where we're at because you signed up for this time right now. And so we've had one month since solstice happened, which was the ending point. And all of us have been spun around and we've been feeling very confused and a lot of really great things are happening. A lot of really terrible things are still happening within our own lives and outside of ourselves seemingly, even though it's all one. But now you're gonna be able to see that oneness more and more and you're gonna say, how am I gonna interact with this? I used to get really upset at whatever political party A or B. I used to get really upset at when someone didn't come off as authentic to me. But now I can see the structure in me. Now I can feel it more than before. The light is so clear that it's intense. It's intense. It's like being in Ecuador where you're closer to the sun. If you go outside, the sky looks deeper here, like you're gonna fall into space because you're so much closer to the sun. It's more clear. There's less particles in the way. And it makes things grow here in crazy ways. I'm using this as a very physical, real, literal thing, but a metaphor too. The cabbages here, Lara, are the size of small dogs. Like the carrots are like this big. They're like the size of my head. It's no joke. <laughs> this light that's coming through is for all of us. But what does it do? It nourishes things. Light is nourishment. Light is information and nourishment. So now we get to be willing to let all that burn away. Let, it, let anything you're clinging to, all of your expectations, all of your judgments, all of your resistance to this light, it wants to show you everything now. There's no fog, no confusion that is left in a structural way, maintaining a very difficult experiment anymore. It's gone. So that's how we're gonna get ourselves motivated. I'm playing a role now and everything I do affects all of my family, the human family on this planet. You are my human family. The human family on the planet gets affected by everything you do. And so what game are we gonna play? Are we gonna play soccer? Are we gonna play chess? Are we gonna make a new game? Maybe you're gonna make a new game with your friends and family that only you guys play. In my case, I've picked, my soul has picked a couple of women who I'm working intimately with regarding spiritual and mystical methodology. And we're going in full speed 
right now into this so that we can bring it forth and say, hey, there's a flow to this. There is an equation to all of this and you can do this faster now. And it's gonna take us a while to do this, but it, it will be faster than it's ever been before because we're so clear on what our skills are, what we're capable of, what we're good at doing, right? And so maybe that's something that interests you. Or maybe you feel really connected to nature right now and being that conduit for nature is what the world and you and your soul need most. It doesn't matter. You could do whatever you want to now. There's no parameters to an experiment keeping you on a bungee cord from standing fully 100% in your power all the time. But that's the cool part is that all of us signed up for this difficult transition from immense amount of structure to none at all. And to create from there everything with our soul's skills. So that's what I see right now with the energies, you know, full moons, they come and they drive all the kids and the animals and the emotions crazy. Last night, my children just had a complete meltdown. And I'm like, that's okay, it's full moon. <laughs> but cycles now are going to be more clear than ever. And the one that is most important is coming up in a few years. We're coming at our 12,000 year mark for a possible mini nova from our sun, which isn't a bad thing, and a harmonic convergence with the Earth's electromagnetic field. This is called turning on the new internet. <laughs> so if you want this, if you want to feel one with all of the skills and knowledge and soul level essences of source and all the people around you and all of humanity and all of nature and Gaia and the sun and the moon and of course all of our stars, our beautiful galaxy, if you want that oneness and the ability to put something out there in the field and for it to happen faster than ever, then let's prepare. We need to prepare. We need to end and begin. It's going to take us a few years. 2024 is when that harmonic convergence happens. That's when the internet's turned on. Let's be ready for it. Let's be ready for it. If that's not motivation, I don't know how to motivate people then. <laughs> But I'm excited because this means evolution. It's punctuated equilibrium. We're going to become a new species. Wow. I don't know if it's going to happen 2024, but by connecting to this new internet, we absolutely will. And we and I like the name Homo Luminous. Mm -hmm. Other people have seen it and heard it and coined it. So it's it's not just from me. It's from many, many, many people have heard this term, homo luminous, the human of light. And that's what we have an opportunity to become. But we still have some work to do. We gotta stay really focused on the moment. We can't worry about the outcome because we know the outcome is there. We need to do what has to be done now, which is put it out there. What's your intention? Are you ready for the structure in you to dissolve too? Just like the whole experiment has dissolved? Are you ready to 
be fully human and have access to the human agenda, not anyone else's agenda, not your guide's agenda. All guides have agendas. And they are going to be often helpful and supportive, but it's unless they're in a human body right now, it's not a human agenda. And sometimes it's not even a human agenda then <laughs> because of guidance and commiseration and collaboration we've done with so many species. So that's what I'm seeing, Alara. What do you think about that? How does that feel? Does it feel true? Well, it's a it's a powerful time, and what what you're talking about is really empowering, you know. But it's also putting us in that position of being responsible, of choosing, you know, like what are you choosing? And and you know, it's like that choice again comes down to who are you now, and who do you want to be moving forward, right? So I'm not the same person now that I was even ten years ago. I'm not the same person, and everything's changed about me, right? Um, but who I am now, what do I want now? And of course, since, you know, my, the, the, everything with my husband, everything has changed now, you know, like any, any desires I would have had before he went into the hospital, that, that's all gone at the window, right? Everything has changed. So it's like, it, it really is like a brand new time and a brand new birthing, you know, for, for me, for my husband, for our relationship, for our life moving forward. It's a brand new time. I don't know what it's going to be like, and I don't know exactly what I want yet either, right? I'm in that limbo yeah. phase, mm -hmm. right? So it's okay to be in a limbo phase, but still, I mean, like, I want health, I want peace, I want expansion, I want to be able to travel again, I want to be able, you know, just start living our lives, because I feel like we've been kind of like, shut down so much because of COVID, yes. blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I want to start living again, and I want to start having those desires, you know, for what I want to create. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. So let me show you how I personally assess what do I really want? Because <laughs> that's, that's a huge question. A lot of times I'll get into session and I'll say, um, you know, what can I look at for you today? And a lot of people, many, many people will say, I'm, I'm not really sure. I have all these questions, but I'm, I've, I'm still not sure exactly. And so often I'll approach it as like, well, let's just ask to be shown what you need to know about today, right? And that's a good question for us to ask. So if we say that, we can ask source. It's absolutely nice to be able to ask someone who can get the heck out of the way and be able to speak in human language with a human body and say, this is what I see, and that's really great, but you can do that for yourself too, it's discernment. Mm -hmm. and, and I even often will need help to see more information beyond myself. So by utilizing other human beings as a mirror, um, the more pure the mirror, the better. That's what an oracle is. It's someone who's been able to remove all of their ego and trauma and personality out of the way temporarily for that session. That's why sessions are so um, energy consuming because you're doing two things at once. You're being a pure mirror without judgment and you're moving. And at the same time, you're maintaining your ego and your crap over here 
like it doesn't just go away, but you've got to move it out of the way mm -hmm. to be able to see clearly. So for each of us to cultivate this ability for ourselves and for others, for on behalf of consciousness, ask source. You can go and actually, if you look deep into your guides, all of your guides, maybe they're angels, maybe they are Pleiadians, um, maybe they're Arcturians or Andromedans, maybe they're ancient Lemurians, it could be a whole wonderful array of guides, maybe you have one of each. <laughs> but if you look deep into them, you'll see what I'm talking about, the same source light. Really look. Look at what they're made of. Inquire. This is what mysticism is. Inquire into your guides. And you'll see source, that light of source. It's the still, pure light. It's very bright. It's very white. It's in you. It's in all things. It's in all molecules and all atoms. It's what animates this universe as it all moves back home to that stillness. And so inquire, inquire into that, right? And then look at that light. Notice that light and ask that source. What do I need to know the most about my trajectory today? Source, I want to know what my greatest soul level desire is. I really want to know what that is. Maybe you don't know what your essence is, and maybe that's something that your soul desires, that you could embody that essence, that very little first baby step when you moved and emanated from source as an individuated part of source. Because that's home. And so if you ask, you can be shown. You can see, you can feel, you can know with your gut. Ask the earth, earth, Gaia, what is it that you would like me to be part of today? Is there something I can do for you? Allow yourself to connect to the planet we're on. Our bodies mimic the planet we're on. We have a skeleton and so does she. She has a heart and so do you. You're mostly made of water and so is she. You have an electromagnetic field connecting you to the universe and so does she. And so if you connect to these two places, you cover your bases. You cover the grounding of the physical, which is we're not leaving the 3D behind. We haven't left the second dimension or the first dimension behind either. A lot of most people never talk about those two and they're awesome. They're awesome. Everyone wants to go to the fifth dimension. You should totally try to hang out in the second dimension for a little while and see how it feels. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's the crystalline. It's where the consciousness of the crystals come from. It has to do with relationship. So wonderful that that's available to you. And so is the fifth and fourth and eighth and the 10th, the 12th, whatever dimensions you want, your body has access to it. What I think that many of us will be shown if you inquire into these particular questions each day, 
and you're willing to receive answers in weird ways, receive answers from the shape of clouds, receive answers from the way the footprints ended up in the snow and showed you something that you were able to perceive. Seriously, that's how source works, is in, you know, in the face of Jesus on a piece of toast that makes people feel connected. That's, that's how amazing and weird it is in this universe. <laughs> My mom always said, you know, whatever brings them closer to God, Elizabeth. <laughs> right? So be open, be open to answers. But as you're navigating this, one of the things we're going to notice is the DNA. Because the other thing that's happening while the structure of the experiment is gone, the other thing that's happening is that the, uh, the strands of DNA that were missing, there were 10 from 10 other dimensions missing. The human has mainly been relegated to the third and fourth dimension. The fourth dimension is the imagination. It's the creative dream world. It's literally when you go to sleep and you're dreaming intense dreams, that's the fourth dimension, but you have access to it when you're awake too. That's when you're daydreaming about hanging out on a warm beach or here in Ecuador with me where it's 85 degrees. That's the fourth dimension, right? And there's a lot of things that can be done there but our DNA got relegated to these two strands because of trauma, because of horrible things that happened, like the complete entire annihilation of Atlantis, among other things, or the collapse of Egypt, right? So the two strands were there to help us navigate the darkest times on this planet. The other ones you will never see in a microscope because they don't belong there. They're from other ethereal parts of this dimensionality, including the first and second dimension. So there's all these 10 other strands. That means something really wild that we've only had access to one tenth of what we're capable of. So some people over these eons have navigated the physical body They've brought the physical body into full body enlightenment. My teacher is one of them. And she brought her whole body. She navigated the whole body and the emotional body using the emotional body as her compass. That's why you empaths and what you feel is so important. But using that emotional body, she navigated frequencies and dimensions. She navigated ego. She navigated trauma. And I've been working with her for a decade. So I've been doing the same thing. And I teach the same thing, how to navigate that stuff. How do you know when you're finished with a polarity? Because you're still, your emotional body is still, your mind is still, and you're not triggered into abundance or scarcity. You're not triggered into victim or tyrant anymore. You've become still. So your emotional body's a navigation tool that's part of the DNA. So we, we set ourselves up to be able to accomplish this. But the wonderful gift on the other side is that there's these other 10 strands. It's a very slow process. It's an ethereal one and you have to be willing 
willingness is key in any of this personal initiative you got to be willing for those to be part of you what does that mean here's the cool part i have no idea i think anyone who says they know is not telling the truth because we're in completely brand new waters. But here's what I do feel in my body that we don't have to worry about that. That we don't have to worry about the future and fuss about around outcomes and all these sort of things. That the navigating of consciousness has broadened and widened. We're out of the nightmare and on, we're on a trajectory that there's less barriers, literally, there's less barriers. Now, when we take all this and we're looking at 3D and we're looking at the different things happening with the structures of the planet, there's still this element of control that's happening where there's a top-down approach, the very, very few at the top dictating what's happening on the planet, but that's all crumbling. Why do you think there's such a stranglehold on humanity right now? This is the last vestige of that. And like Catherine Austin Fitz says, we will be here ready when all of that fails because it will, because it's so unnatural to build from the bottom up. That means you. To build from the individual up. It's not individualism. It's sovereign service saying, I am a sovereign in service to all other sovereigns on this planet in service to consciousness, consciousness that is the whole universe. And so we reclaim our position then on the Galactic Council. They're waiting for us. They have an empty seat for humankind. We have not achieved one mind yet. That's why that harmonic convergence is good. That gives us an opportunity to do what many other beings have done before. That's why the Pleiadian, Syrians, Arcturians, everyone's interested in us because they have achieved one mind. They went through their genocides and their wars and their, but they didn't have a whole bunch of other beings necessarily interfering with their experiments like we have. We've had a whole lot more interference than they did, but that's why they ended up here as guides because they achieved one mind already. That's what we, some people call ascension. It's actually very simple. It's you not being separate from anything else anymore in consciousness. It's utilizing what's available physically too, which is that plasma universe, the electromagnetics of reality which literally maintains all of the physical structures you see even in the galactic, even in cosmology. So I think that what we're gonna see is the DNA. The DNA is something that's gonna have to be focused on over and over again. Your DNA has memory about all that trauma that your ancestors went through. You wanna move trash bags out of your DNA house, your temple of light, then really look at your own trauma and the trauma of your ancestors. Be willing to go get some history lessons. Go back in time. So I learned about the Scotch-Irish and I learned about the Basque because those were my two lineages. And, I, and the Dutch too. So I went and I learned about their histories. 
And I'm like, wow, this makes so much sense to me. I'm terrified of starving to death, siege warfare, famine. I'm terrified of being abandoned or getting lost at sea. I'm terrified of deep water. It sounds like Vikings to me. <laughs> I'm terrified of, uh, of being alone, uh, of, of being lonely. And I'm really, you know, I have all these attributes. My ancient ancestors did too. That was their cultural conditioning that they brought through and it's in me. So if you look at that and you are willing to dissolve it by looking at it, dissolve it through the heart, let it go home to source through you, your DNA gets clearer. And here's how you know you've done the work or that it's happening. You'll remember more. You'll remember more and more and more to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty clear about all my past lives and, and what I've learned from them. And now I can see why Elizabeth always says, don't get lost in past lives. Let the past lives show you how far you've come in the now. Use it as a benchmark how much more you remember. And then you'll be able to be like, okay, hey, skill sets coming in here from all these other lifetimes. Skill sets that make so much sense now that I studied. That's why I studied anthropology because I have all these certain skill sets. Wow. You begin to understand yourself more and this builds and creates compassion for others. So that's something that is key. What's gonna happen with the ethereal other strands? I don't know. I'm drilling down into that right now. So next time we meet up, I'll tell you. <laughs> but we'll see, it's all still new. And that's the cool part. You're a creator being, being created. Anything that shows up in the moment that your soul wants to focus on, that's a skill. H how do you know what your soul wants to focus on versus your ego? Ask for that. Say, source, I really want to be able to Notice what my soul wants to focus on and what my ego wants to focus on and know the difference. And you just say it out loud to the field, the physical voice, using the frequency to speak to source and source speaks back because you are also source. And you'll get the answers you want. And they might come in weird ways. So again, be open to that. So that's the other piece that's really important right now is us taking charge of our DNA, using what we have available to us and what's becoming available. We got to make room for that. That's powerful. That is so powerful. And I love those questions. And you know, these, these types of questions, you, when you ask them and you ask them out loud and you're asking source, be, be willing to receive the answer because you are going to receive the answer, but be willing to see things not as you normally do, right? And so it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you have to be present, you have to be aware, you have to be willing to see the signs, see the messages. I'm just using the word see, but receive, okay? Perceive in whatever way that you do. And the thing is, we don't ask that those questions enough. No, we don't. Here's, so, here's a great book, it's called um, E Squared by Pam Grout. Hmm. And she wrote another one, I haven't read her next book, but um, I love it because it's full of experiments. 
it's just a book of experiments. So let me give you a couple examples about being willing to receive information in weird ways, okay? Mm -hmm. But uh, um, one of the experiments was ask to see something you've never seen before and put a parameter on it. Again, all experiments have parameters. That's why right now you can make little experiments. We may make another big experiment, but that's not necessarily on the table. But you as an individual can totally experiment. You can keep testing all these things out. The reason I speak with confidence is because I have been testing them out and they work. And so one of them was ask the source field show me something you know show me this thing this and you got to pick it pick the thing that I've, I've never seen before within 24 hours or within 48 hours so that's the parameter right mm -hmm. just like uh, computer science you got to have parameters otherwise it'll take forever okay so for me i had asked in my little group where we were experimenting i asked I want to see a pink car. I have never seen a pink car in my life. I'm open <laughs> to seeing a pink car, right? And then my other friend who lived in Canada in the middle of the woods said, I want to see a kangaroo. And, and so we're all saying things and they all seem kind of funny and, and it's fun. But my friend in Canada, she's like, I have so much doubt about this. I don't, I'm not online. I don't read magazines or newspapers. I literally live here on my phone or my, on my farm. And the only thing I have that connects me is my landline. And I don't watch TV. I bear, you know, I have a computer that I don't even use. So I have no idea. I really doubt this. And I said, it's really important for you to notice that doubt and just allow it because it's just a frequency. It's showing up, it's showing you disappointment you've had inside yourself. And so this is illustrating a, a method, right? Where when you get triggered or pinged or you're doubting or you're frustrated or unmotivated or whatever, and you aren't sure about anything anymore, just to allow it, notice it. It's just a frequency. It's showing up in you because you've had experiences with that. And so the ego says, well, I really doubt that because these other 150 times you've asked for things that didn't show up, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So it turns out, okay, within that 24 hour parameter, I was taking a walk with my little daughter in the stroller I turn a corner and there's a huge giant Pepto-Bismol pink car <laughs> parked. And I'm like, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. That was really weird. Um, that That's kind of trippy, but even weirder, I saw another one, a separate pink car the same day. So I saw two pink cars in one day. I'd never seen a pink car in my life. And I saw two in one day just to make sure that I knew the source field is real, right? Yeah. So what happens to my friend? She's, she calls, we get in her group call and she's like, you guys, you guys like, 
an hour after our call, I went outside, I'm gardening and I look up and in the clouds is a kangaroo. <laughs> and she's like, I am just stunned. I'm stunned, I'm amazed, I can't believe it. And there it is. And here I was doubting. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so read that book because it's full of all sorts of great experiments and you'll be so amazed at what shows up. But awesome. what it does is it, is it actually helps you build muscle around connecting to the source field. Mm -hmm. And if the message I have right now, you know, the question is how do you create a new experiment in consciousness? Well, I bet all of you thought I was talking about for the whole of humanity but I'm not, I'm talking about for you as an individual, what experiments do you wanna play with? Mm -hmm. What do you wanna test out? And they can be wonderfully positive, like show me a kangaroo in 24 hours. And they can be silly. There's no parameters. Yeah, I love it. Get to know your skill at connecting to that source field because that's how you're going to connect to the real internet as it gets ignited. It's already on, it's been on, but it's going to become extremely physically apparent that this is what's happening. And all the ancient mystics have talked about it, all the ancient, even religious prophets and prophetesses have talked about this time and it's a holy fire it's a igniting of human consciousness so that we can step into what we're going to become and again i don't know exactly what that is how exactly it works or what that looks like i am aware however right this moment of how we get there I have to say, I love that what you said about allowing the doubt, right? Allowing the doubt. If you allow the doubt, you're not going to be uh, focused on doubting because when you focus on doubting, you're blocking the flow. You're blocking it to show up, whatever it, whatever it is that you're asking for to show up. But if you just allow that, yeah, I have these doubts, allow the doubt and let it go and then see what happens. I, you know, because a lot of times, you know, I've been told as well, and in my teachings and learnings I've been told about you know you have to clear your doubts you know clear your doubts right and it's like and I just got it right now as we were talking it's like it's not about clearing the doubts but it's about clearing the attachment to the doubt you know it's, yeah. it's, it's, right and it's like when when there's no attachment to the doubt it's like that the doubt just automatically by itself crumbles away it doesn't have any more energy you know it doesn't have any more charge because we're not focusing on it we're not attached to it let's refine that process for a step-by-step -step. so the doubt came up right for my friend mm -hmm. and a little bit for all of us I mean a pink, a pink car was way more likely than a kangaroo at the time so you know the doubt is a frequency right and what it was showing her when that frequency is happening right it's going to show you structure and this is because of cymatics so there's actually scientific deep wonderful scientific discussions we could have about how this all works but 
to simplify. It's a frequency. All emotions are frequency. If you're angry, if you're in, if you're in grief, if you're lonely, if you're in doubt, if you are terrified, right? These are frequencies and they're showing you when you feel them and they're uncomfortable for you. Yes, Mary, anxiety is a frequency. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So the, it, so let's Let's actually address anxiety. Doubt, that's one thing, but anxiety is really handy because all of us have anxiety and all of us have doubt, but anxiety is one of those where you're like, I'm gonna have a panic attack, I'm gonna throw up, I'm gonna hide under my covers, ah, this sucks. Or for me, I'm like, I'm gonna drink a whole bottle of wine and watch superhero movies. <laughs> like so, uh, so that's going to show up. The anxiety shows up. It, it starts to come in and it is relentless. It feels horrible, right? So what do we do? We want to avoid it. We'll do anything but hang out in anxiety. <laughs> so if you want a shortcut out, if you want the way out of anxiety permanently, you need to notice it in your body. So for me, when anxiety shows up, my throat gets tight, my chest gets tight. I feel like I can't breathe. I can feel my vagus nerve on fire. My blood feels hot. My head starts to clamp. My lower back will clamp. My root will clamp. I then, then what I normally do is I'll disassociate. I'll just disassociate from my body so I can cope or I will, I'll disassociate and then I'll repress, which is what superhero movies and wine do for me. I'll disassociate and repress over and over and over again until every time I have a little ping of anxiety, now I've created an addictive habit where I go and I disassociate and repress. You gotta slow this down for yourself. Notice what you do. Maybe when your anxiety gets heightened and you feel like the panic is coming or that it's happening in you, there's some set of triggers that occur, right? That you have created to cope. That's what coping is. And you immediately will go into them because that's what got you by before. And the brain is really good at maintaining those pathways. But if you stay in the witness state and you say, I am feeling anxiety right now, and you notice it, then you ask yourself the second step, and this is just slowed down for you. Where is it in my body? And then you go into it and you notice it in your chest, you notice it in your throat, you notice where the muscles begin to clamp down throughout the body. And then you allow it for a moment, right? I'm not saying for hours, I'm saying just for a moment. Let your body be allowed to have anxiety. Hang out in the frequency of it. It won't kill you. It's frequency. Your body's feeling it and it's reacting to it because the frequency of anxiety is pulling up structure for you to see. Each frequency will pull up different structures. So anxiety pulls up a specific structure related to why you are in panic. 
And so mine, for example, I'm using myself as an example to illustrate this. Mine will show up and there's a, a fear of survival that I'm not gonna be able to survive. And I mean in every aspect that I'm gonna starve to death, that I'm gonna never make any, enough money to keep my family alive, that I'm gonna, that I'm gonna just peter away. Like there's not even a visual for it. It's just a, it's a, it's a knowing. My body panics, it's anxiety. Suddenly I have memories that show up or very specific feelings of oppression, perhaps. Many people have this sense of oppression and they don't even know exactly where it's from. It's from their life, yeah, but it's so much deeper than that. That's because a lot of that structure is your ancestors' structure. It's the epigenetic memories in your DNA. So that structure comes up. You need to notice that. Why am I in panic in these parts of my body? Where, what is the structure that my body's trying to show me? The reason why my throat clamps up in my heart and different parts of my body is because those parts of my body are exactly where the structure is being held. So you go on and you gotta look at the structure. That's you going in and saying, hey, anxiety just pointed out 10 trash bags in my body. Okay, I'm gonna go open trash bag number one. Okay, memories of being really, really poor and homeless three times, noted. <laughs> and the next one, all right, now I'm not even sure about this one, but this one really doesn't feel good and it has to do, you know, with grief and loss and like the loss of, of children. Okay, yes, I'm afraid of losing my children. There's been loss of children deep beyond my ancestry. Okay. You are welcome here. Each of these things are welcome here because they're informing you about what your soul has created, what structure your soul has brought to you to help you get stronger and strengthen your soul's ability to dissolve all of that and stand in your power 100% fully in your body and very still so that you can become your soul's light. So you become source while conscious. This is enlightenment. And the soul needs to be strong to do that. So the soul, you out there who've had the most extra crappy lives, you are the strongest. Because the soul brought that force to up-level itself. You maybe were able to bench press 250 pounds last lifetime, this lifetime, it's going to be 500, baby, because that's what you are ready to do. And what that does for consciousness is incredible. So you welcome each piece. This anxiety in my heart is welcome here. There's nothing wrong with this trash bag. It's full of wisdom. And the moment you are willing to allow it, you merge with it, it dissolves. And then the next time anxiety happens, there's fewer trash bags. And then the next time there'll be fewer and fewer until normally that situation would have thrown you into an anxious state. But you show up and you're like, wow, I am so still. 
I'm not having any reaction at all. That's your benchmark because you're still, you become more and more your still point, which is source. And then you begin to see so much more about everything around you because you're not focused inward trying to clean up what that frequency was trying to show you. This is the precise way that you manage these things. None of those frequencies are against you. They're only ever there to inform you, including your attachments to all the things that you love. That's gonna have to go too, because then you'll love them even more beautifully than you ever did before. But you can only do that when you are willing to feel the frequency of the pain of unattaching yourself to your expectations, judgments, and resistance. And this is truly physically magical. I used to have, the doctors told me, many, many doctors told me that my PTSD was the worst they'd ever seen and that I could not be helped and that I was bound to be an alcoholic or a drug addict or end up on loads of meds and that I was totally screwed. And that's not what happened because I was willing to open up those trash bags one by one and just love them, love them and honor them with gratitude and dignity for what was inside of them, all of my trauma and the trauma of my ancestors. And that's how you do it. That's how you clean up your DNA. Does it feel good? When you're finished with the first time that you move trash bags out of the way, you feel bigger, you feel lighter, you feel more expansive, and you begin to perceive more light in yourself. So yes, the outcome feels good. While you're doing it, definitely not. It's the opposite of everything everyone usually does. <laughs> For good reason, because it hurts. It burns and it hurts. But what you're doing is dissolving structure in you. And now we don't have to dissolve the matrix. It dissolved. Now it's just inside us. That's all that's left. That's the good news, Alara. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. And then, you know, and that's it, it, it takes courage to actually do these types of processes to actually look at what's there and really feel it. And, you know, it's, it, the feeling does not last. I've said this to my own clients. It lasts, it, the, a true emotion or feeling will last 70 seconds. If you let, if you let yourself go through it for that time, that period of time without getting stuck in the story, it will pass. Right. And, the, but the thing is, it's like, we get stuck in the story. Right, we start to go into reaction. We start to go into the story, and we go into the past and bring all these things. And then there's like, oh, I'm I'm like going on a hamster wheel again through the same, you know, mm -hmm. situation. Right. So that's what we have to like somehow tell ourselves ahead of time. It's like, okay, when this happens, don't go into the story. Just do this little process. Go feel the emotion. Where is it in your body? And remember, it's informing you. I think you know, like we have to talk to ourselves and tell us that this is what's happening. Absolutely. And so here's a different way of approaching the story. Cause some, cause getting stuck in it is agony and you just traumatize yourself all over again. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a different approach. I, I am using my friend Meg's term. Her name's Meg Archambault. She's an incredible healer and she's helped me evolve immensely over the past several years as cohorts 
and she's one of the women I work with, dignify the story. The story is full of wisdom. Stand in your soul and say that. I intend to stand in my soul right now and to dignify this story with the witness because the story wants to be seen and heard and felt right now. And that's why that anxiety or that trigger came in because there's a portion of the story that didn't feel like you were grateful for it. No kidding, right? Because <laughs> some of it's so terrible. Yeah. And we say, wow, well, I really don't want to look at that trash bag. That one's extra bad. You know, that one stinks like really bad. Well, the bravery and that initiative and the knowing that when you're finished, you become lighter and brighter and more connected and more free than before, that would drive you. You go and you say, all right, I'm going to be willing. And you can do this systematically. You don't have to wait to be triggered, folks. You can go year by year through your life. It's called recapitulation and do this for yourself and do it at different times. And then the rest of the year, if you get triggered, you know what to do, no problem. But those trash bags are the most important mm -hmm. because you, if you dignify it and you open it up and you say, this part of me didn't go away. This traumatized five-year-old did not go away. She really needs me to dignify her story, but also, and welcome what she went through, but also to be willing to notice what she needs. What does that part of me need? Because when you move a trash bag out of the way, now you have space. What will that space be filled with? It has to be filled with something. What quality of light are you gonna fill it with? Perhaps the trash bag is directly related to trauma that you can remember. Again, not all of it is, but the ancestors will help you out. If they have trauma, you can ask them, what do you want it to be replaced with? In me, as a gift to consciousness, what quality of light, right? Well, you can determine that by asking that part of yourself. All right, five-year-old me, you went through this. You're so brave. Look at what happened to you. Let's welcome it. And then there's a moment where a new beginning happens, right? An ending and a beginning. The ending is the need for that trash bag to exist in you so that you could see it, so that you could know it. The new beginning is the quality of light that you'll replace it with. So you can ask the five-year-old you, what do you really need? Every one of us craves someone to ask us that. Elizabeth, what do you really need right now? Alara, what do you really need? And little Alara and big Alara and little Elizabeths and big Elizabeths need lots of different things. And then you get closer and closer to your soul and your essence and what is driving that. And then it makes more sense. And here's, here's from a, a, a lot of work personally doing this, what I'm able to perceive now is what my soul desires to look at, to focus on.
And it's not a need. It's beyond me. And now it makes perfect sense why I've had an Elizabeth lifetime. Now I can see why my life was arranged exactly the way it was. And you also will attain this state. And it all makes so much more sense. And then you can recapitulate from there and do even deeper work and go through the years again to see if you missed anything. This is the diligence of a mystic. And all of you are mystics. If you really want to be, you can be a spiritual scientist. But as we do this, then you begin to stand and lean back into your soul's essence and perceive the universe from there. And then all the crazy lifetimes you've had make total sense. Of course, that was the trajectory that you were gonna take that would help you to inform source about love more than any other trajectory. And so this is the precious way that I can give you that has worked for me, that I think is useful. But here's the fun part. It's not cut and dry. You've, you're a unique essence and you can be creative with all these things. And so take what I've said and run with it. Play with it. Find new ways that I would never be able to think of. This is what innovation is. That's why none of these tools are copyrighted <laughs> because they're meant for sharing and creativity. And that's why it's all about the new beginnings. This is how we, be we begin our new experiment in consciousness, right? Exactly. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. So I, I'm gonna invite all of you to go back and watch and or listen to this again, because there's a lot of information there and the practice of actually doing that exercise is, is really huge. And I mean, I get caught up in the story, I'll be honest, but it's, you know, I, I know some of you are gonna say, well, how many times do we have to do this? It depends, you know, it's like, how much more closer to God consciousness do you wanna be? How much more light do you wanna be? How much more, you know, I don't know. It's like, for me, it's like, um, how much more do you want to hold on to your stuff that doesn't serve you anymore? Right. But, yes. but we can't repress it. We can't ignore it anymore. Right. We have to acknowledge it and allow it. Let me give everyone a little hint about something. Mm -hmm. You'll never get rid of your ego entirely. Mm -hmm. There's parts of it that need to be there so you can breathe and also walk across the street and not get hit by a bus, okay? <laughs> yeah. You can be enlightened and still have ego. And what is ego? Ego is the personal self. It, it, anything that bolsters the personal self. Me looking at myself on the camera right now is bolstering my personal self. It makes me feel separate from everyone else when I'm looking at myself talking. But that's just something that you can continue to notice more of then. And then it's less and less personal. Then the personal doesn't become as interesting to you. So don't worry about how much you have to do this. Focus in on the now. Focus in on those questions every day. Source, show me what I need to know today. Ooh, what did we arrange today? What trauma are we gonna find today? What light will we find today? What new breakthroughs or new ideas, or maybe little ideas, little bitty ones, those are fun too. 
what do I need to know today? Stick with that and you'll never go wrong. Plus the energy now speeds everything up, makes it easier, makes it happen faster. So how much will you have to do it? Well, that's gonna, that's already changed. It's faster now than before. Mm -hmm. Trust that, just really settle your gut into that. Trust that that's possible. Beautiful, thank you. Um, wow, so we have some people with the hand raised and questions in the chat. I, I know you already answered um, something before, but do you want to take some questions from- Absolutely. Find folks, Rebecca. <laughs> I think it's Rebecca. You want to unmute yourself? Are we standing there, Rebecca? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> Hi. Man, this is some serious, deep discussion you're having, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a little choked up here. I'm setting this up so I can set this down. Mm -hmm. Um, my question, and I don't even know if this is an appropriate question, but this is what is on my heart, is my dearest friend Chuck passed away on August, I mean, January 6th, Gosh. and I, uh, <laughs> I miss him so much. Yeah, of course. Um, and I, I took care of him for a couple of months before he passed. And it was so wonderful. We, we've known each other almost 26 years. And we dated for the first five and then remained like family for the remaining 21 years. And he was my rock and my protector. And he always made me feel safe. And he was so wise and so intelligent. And anytime I didn't know what to do in a situation, I would go to Chuck. And... We still talk to each other every day, but um, I don't know, I guess I'm just looking for a little more peace around what happened. Um, it, was, it was just a, a mess of, of, of COVID related stuff, but it, he didn't have COVID. It was just, he had a heart condition and he had a, his urologist gave him a urinary tract infection, which they could never get rid of. And then it spread throughout his body and it, uh, ate up his mitral valve in his heart and then he had to have double heart surgery and and it just all went went wrong and part of me feels like I should have forced him to go back to the doctor sooner and maybe if I had he'd still be here yeah yeah I understand so let me give you what I'm seeing the first thing is that The, you named off some really specific things that happened to him, right? And what he's doing right now is what all of us do when we leave the body. We go back through our lives. First, we play around in the light because it's so great not to be in pain and to see 360 degrees and all that. And it's like really awesome. <laughs> Death is wonderful. But then you get this chance to go through your life moment by moment and see it from a universal point of view, to see how every little thing affected the universe, not just you and your friends and beautiful Rebecca, right? And so that's where he's at right now. 
and he'll be there for a while. But his journey is not finished. He'll be back. He checked out at the exact perfect time. He'll get to come back and hang out at the, at the pinnacle point of consciousness in a homo luminous body, not a homo sapien body. And so what the energetic message I would say is coming from him or in general, just from source around this for all of us when it comes to death is it's time for you to take the lifetime of 26 years that you spent with him and begin at the beginning too. The one, the part where you were his dearest friend, right? Not his life, not your whole life, but recapitulating your relationship. There's some really special tidbits in this relationship that you haven't seen yet. All the different reasons why you needed to meet in this lifetime. What different kinds of consciousness and power and realizations and breakthroughs happened through your friendship, right? Because you two as souls co-created this very special friendship. Not for yourselves, that's what it seems like. For consciousness. So you have this chance because he wants to take you with him. Rise up above it and take a universal point of view and say, this incredibly valuable, unique in all the universe friendship. I'm gonna recapitulate every year that I have known him and look at what happened in those years. And then as we get towards the end, where everything seemed to be happening a trillion things a second, right? His heart and this and this and this and this, leading him closer to this gateway of death. Everything gets tighter in a spiral. Everything in time gets more intense towards the end. And you're traumatized by this. And of course you are. Why shouldn't you be? You just lost your best friend. But as you recapitulate, you'll begin to see in that tight little spiral towards the end, each little tiny piece that needs to be seen. He had a heart condition. Why? Because he was recycling his heart's energy. There was a part of him that believed that there wasn't enough love for him, that he wasn't worthy of it. He wore armor around his heart to protect himself and yet he would open that armor for you. Whenever you needed it, it seemed like a boundless amount of love was there. Where did that come from? He stored it up somehow and would only give it away to very certain people. Why? And what happened in that relationship? Well, and what was going on with his heart and his urinary tract? These are symbolic parts of the body that maintain a lot of power and energy. Why did the bacteria come to serve him and help him die? You need to talk to the bacteria too. The bacteria had a role to play. What was it trying to show you? So you're gonna take a mystic's universal point of view on this to help yourself heal. This is a process, but this relationship is your treasure box. There's so much treasure in it. 
go back to the beginning, get a new brand new notebook, go online and have him help you pick a special notebook where you're going to write about what happened between you as much as you can remember in as linear order as you can. And you're going to feel it fully, but you're going to look at it with him from a universal point of view. And this is going to be a great immense service, not only to all of consciousness, but to the healing of the masculine and feminine and the relationship between these two cohorts who used to be the best of friends. And you reclaimed that friendship, you and he. So this is the task at hand and it's very, very fresh. But you, if you start now, you'll be able to find deeper and deeper peace. You'll be able to grieve properly without denying yourself that grief, right? And furthermore, the universal recapitulation of our lifetimes will then be a skill available in consciousness to all of us so that when we reach our time to leave our bodies, we'll be ready to walk out easily because we'll know how to do this already while we're still in the body. Does this make sense and feel true? Yes. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I actually wrote when he was in the hospital that but I felt like there was something so precious about that. It was like a month where I slept on his couch and just took care of him and his three dogs round the clock. And that was my sole focus. That was, that was it. Cause I have health issues too. And so I was trying to balance it, all of it. And I wrote that I don't even know yet what I'm learning from this experience, but I could feel that there was something very profound going on, but I still don't know really what it is, but. You've got it, but my friend, it's not just one thing. It's many hundreds of things and they're all jewels. And it's very, very precious. This is a gift. This is an incredible gift to all of us. And you'll do it for yourself and you'll do it for all of the universe and you'll do it for Chuck. Yeah. I kept journals all the years. Yeah, and you kept the journals. Use those. Those will be handy. But you're going to have a brand new journal where it's basically, call it your treasure box. Because you're going to pick all the jewels, all the wonderful lessons, the truths, the essences, the energies, the frequencies that will help to heal men and women's relationship with each other. Or just in general, the masculine, feminine, energetic it was healed through your relationship, but you need to recapitulate that to turn it into something, something that can truly decorate humanity's consciousness, right? Wow. I've been called for years to work. Uh, I do healing work, been called to um, encourage people to heal that rift between the masculine and the feminine. Um, I got that message really clearly, and that was probably five years ago. Excellent. Well, I'm with you because I literally just taught a class called Healing the Masculine Feminine. So we're on the same page. It's time now. And your recapitulation will be a great honor of that. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, all right, Caroline. 
You want to unmute yourself. Hi, Caroline. Where is she? Not Judith. Caroline. <laughs> Caroline, you want to unmute yourself? Caroline with the sunshine in the background. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> you got your head down or something, Caroline. Maybe she's having problems. <clears throat> if she unmutes, that's great. But I want to answer a couple of questions I'm seeing on here that are important. Sure. That's okay. Um, Rochelle asks, are you saying that our guides are not giving us the best information? No. What I'm saying is that many of our guides, they don't have a human agenda because they're not human. That's not a big deal. That's not a problem. For example, I had seven angels following me around all my life. I learned so much from them. I asked them a lot of questions. And one day I realized they hadn't asked me one single question my whole life. And so I asked them about that. I said, how come you never asked me any questions? And they said, well, our prime directive is to bring our whole species home. Our, our job is to go home. We want to go home. We want to take all of our species with us, which includes the demons. The demons are part of the same seventh dimensional species. They're at war. We have two names for two parties, but they're all the same species. And they said, we want to go home. And by answering your questions, you're helping undo the damage of the demonic, but ultimately we don't have any questions for you because that's not what we're interested in. We're not necessarily interested in human beings. We're interested in going home. <laughs> and I said, I get it. I totally get it. And then it, having had interfacing with many different species, hundreds of types of beings, they all have their own agenda. Of course they do. Mm -hmm. Humans have a human agenda, but we've forgotten. Our agenda seems to have gotten tangled up with a lot of agendas. But if we're gonna rebuild our planet, it's gotta be built upon our human agenda, which is an unconditionally loving agenda, not a humans are a scourge on the earth and all should die agenda. That's the top-down approach, but a nurturing natural in harmony with Gaia approach, which is a bottom-up approach. So no, my guides gave me loads of great information and saved my butt a bazillion times. And I'm totally grateful for them for what they did. And I hope that I was able to help their agenda too, to be able to go home faster. But, you know, we mutually create these things. And then Mary B is asking, I'm guessing depression and apathy are the same thing. No, they are not. So Mary Depression. B, do you want to unmute yourself? She's already got, also had her hands raised. Mary oh. B, do you want to unmute yourself? Hi. Hi I sure do. Um, <laughs> this is so refreshing. You have such a different approach. Uh, thank you. I, I actually was also the one who asked about the anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yes. Uh -huh. It was really asking was uh would, would the same approach be taken for depression and apathy but i'm i'm so yes. glad you just clarified that so apathy is not the same as depression no no so apathy if you really hang out with these two things 
just feel them with me, right? Because they're two different frequencies. And on the spectrum of the rainbow, they're like really close to each other, right? But they're not the same. Right. They're like two different shades of blue, right? <laughs> um, but depression is the is actually um, it's 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 the it's it's how I feel how I feel depression is this weight that causes me to feel like I can't go forward, like I can't do anything efficiently or effectively, like I can't love myself or I can't function in the moment, right? And apathy is not so heavy as a frequency. Apathy is, it can actually be pretty mean. Apathy is a sense of not caring and saying, I just don't care anymore. Like, and it can happen from depression, like depression can trigger apathy or apathy can trigger depression. Like this whole politics thing, I don't even care anymore. I just don't care. I don't care. And then you get depressed because nothing's getting better or things are getting whatever, right? From depending on your perspective. But apathy is not a sense that you can't move ahead. It's a sense that you don't have a direction to move ahead. And depression feels like you're so heavy that you can't move. Mm -hmm. And so they definitely play on each other. And so does oppression. Oppression can also feel heavy and also feel like you can't go anywhere, but it's not quite the same as depression. So it's really handy. English is handy for these kinds of things because English has incredible amount of nuance between different terms, but don't be afraid to go actually like I'll look up the etymology of a word, which is the, so if you put etymology, it's E-T-Y-M-O-L-O-G-Y, etymology, which is the, uh, where a word came from in language. So in English, a lot of times it's coming from Latin, um, but maybe through French or through German or through Italian, right? Or it'll have come from any other um, lineage in English. But if you go and you look back at the root word of depression, what is the root word? Where did that word come from in history? It's the history of a word. That will help you a lot to make a lot of de determination of what you're really feeling. Because some people really need to put a word to it so that they can mentally wrap themselves around a process, right? But it doesn't matter what frequency it is, even if it's joy, maybe you're really attached to being in joy all the time, but that attachment is keeping you from being in a state of pure stillness. Joy is a frequency too. It's all frequency. It's a big library of frequency and all of these frequencies are in equanimity and the library that contains them, Mary, is love. There's no opposite to love. Mm -hmm. And in that love, it leads you deeper down into the stillness of source where there is no frequency at all. In fact, the true you is the screen that the movie plays on. That's source and that's you. The rest of it is moving towards that stillness. 
and it's in resistance to frequency that we feel pain. Okay, okay. I think, okay, and okay, this is making sense on a, on a level that I have to re-listen to this. Um, but I understand. It's, 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 it makes sense and let it percolate and your brain will have an aha moment where it's like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> right, and I, I just want to share this thing because as you're talking to me and, uh, you know, between the anxiety, depression, and uh, apathy, whatever, I I was listening to you, but I see pop up in the chat something about the personalization and the, you know, disconnecting. I almost feel like that's uh, something that's going on in my evolution right now because I, I was always so attached to everybody's feelings, everything, every yes. bug, every animal, every person. <laughs> so maybe source is using the anxiety, depression, apathy, depersonalization. To, like you said, to bring me back down into yes, to detach me from this movie screen. Is that feel? Does that make well, sense? The movie screen is still, and it's just us consistently remembering that we are still. And in that stillness, there's an unbounded awareness, which we call enlightenment. So all these traumatic pieces, these frequencies that we don't like and these frequencies that we like, we're navigating polarities. We're navigating joy and depression, apathy and activism, right? Mm. It doesn't matter. Any one of these frequencies, I can show you it's polar opposite on the other side of the library. Mm. Um, but um, the polarity navigation leads you to the end of all polarities, movement and stillness. Mm, and so what you're shooting for is to reconcile by full body welcoming of all polarities. No attachments, no expectations, no judgment, no resistance. And then that love then you begin to love all polarities. You begin to love all of these frequencies, even though they're really difficult. Like, hey, anger, yesterday <laughs> I yelled at my four-year-old. She's four. She can't control her emotions. I barely can control my emotions. She's freaking out. She's going to choke on her toothpaste. Aww. And I yelled at her. Yeah. And I'm like, well, hello, anger. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, and I made up with her and I told her I was sorry and that I was having trouble with my emotions too. But what was really key was that I was in a witness state instantly and could say, oh, okay, hey, anger, thanks for coming through. Where are you in my body? What are you showing me? What trash bag are you, are you triggering in me? It was actually here. Right, right. Around not being able to express myself as a little kid, just like my little kid. So, you know, th this is how it happens. And then that witness state is key. So Judith is asking about disassociative symptoms, right? And in psychology, yes. they think of these things, Mary, as like terrible, right? But are you kidding me? I couldn't have got through my life without disassociating. Right. Seriously. It's actually, right. it's a mystical skill. What if you, before an argument gets too bad, what if you use that skill and, and name it something new? I actually teach it as a skill. I call it zooming out. Okay. 
What if you zoom out and you look at the situation from above and you say, all right, I'm a soul and my husband is a soul or my mother-in-law or whoever. We're souls. We're creating this argument. What is the energy here? What's the frequency? What's the polarity that we're trying to reconcile here? Because we just created this argument for a reason. We need to understand this. This is why we created it. And then you get back in your body and you say, okay, I'm going to fully feel and I'm going to fully listen to and dignify what this person is saying to me. And then you mirror it back. This is what you're saying. This is what I hear you say. Is that right? And then they feel fully heard. This is another skill. But that first skill was key. So you could hang out in the witness state. Disassociation is actually a psychic skill, being able to zoom out and look at a situation before your panic button takes over and your fight or flight completely annihilates your ability to think clearly and logically. Right, 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 brilliant, oh my goodness. I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as an important skill that needs to be reclaimed. Okay. I just have to get comfortable with it. And then the person who asked it, I'm sure is just. I hope so. (laughs) I hope it, I I, I don't want to hog up every time, but this is really helpful. God, thank you. And I know Alara has another event, so we got to be careful. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Laura. You're, this is great. Um, yeah, we can take one more quick question, but I also want to talk, uh, let's, let's take one more quick question. Um, how about a live one from Irina? Yeah, that's where I was going to, Irina. Hello. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate this conversation. Hi. (laughs) I have been, uh, sitting and uh, feeling into what, is actually the question and I'm going between different things and my past relationship and uh, some ancestral history, cancer in the family. And, but I really, I believe I would ask if you can help me with that question of feeling and asking the source what it is that I really need to know now among all of those things that my mind is going through Mm -hmm. what is the most important now (laughs) good good let me let me ask that for you and it's an internal process um most of the sessions i do i don't use video because then my brain mind won't cling on to anything at all and i i do readings without um, knowing any information at all which is preferable So with that, let's ask. Okay, good. So for me, this stuff happens real fast because I get visuals and then, um, and I've learned over my lifetime to interpret them quickly. So there's a very clear division going on in your body of the right and left side, okay? And when I'm looking at you, it's the left side that's really holding the most density. Density makes things look dark. Darkness is not evil. Density is not evil. Trauma is dense. It's not evil. Ego is dense. It's not evil. 
And so when I'm looking at this, what, what actually is the root of it is it's two pieces. First, there is a feeling that you're having around being totally disconnected from the spiritual world. The left side of the body is the spiritual side, right? It just denotes um, your relationship with the spiritual world. On the right side of the body is the relationship with the physical world. That side of your body looks really hot. It looks frustrated and angry. And the other side feels sad, dense, in grief, disconnected. So what that says to me is here's a person who's had a lot of challenges in her physical world and the relationships she's having, and they've turned into a doubt that she could ever navigate consciousness in a deeply spiritual way successfully. But it, part of it is that you believe that you have to do it alone. And that's not true. You're not alone. In fact, I am you. And you're me. There's no difference. And I want you to use that as your mantra. Every single person you see on the TV, on your cell phone, maybe you get on the news like I do and you're like, all right, what weirdness are they throwing at us today? Oh, some guy, you know, killed somebody at KFC because their chicken wasn't hot enough. You are them. I am them. I am those two people. You are those two people. Or let's take it more positively. You go to the store and you're going to get some food and the checkout lady is actually in a very good mood that day and very sweet and very nice and says something nice to you. You're not separate from her. You are her. Now, the brain is going to fight you on this, and it's going to be like, this is crazy. You're clearly separate, logically, right? But the heart, the heart's the one who navigates this. The heart feels that electromagnetic plasma universe connecting you to everything, connecting you to source, connecting you to her and me and everyone. And you'll begin to feel it, and then your mind will make sense of it. So you need to feel connected first, my friend. And you gotta give yourself a lens to look through. And this is the lens of oneness. So I'm giving you a new set of glasses to put on. I want to balance the physical and the spiritual by understanding that I am not separate from any other person. And this is a set of glasses you can begin to wear and look at the world in a new way. And with new light comes new sight. And you've been craving to be able to see this stuff psychically. But the thing is, my friend, you can feel it. Being an empath is a different kind of seeing. It's more like echolocation. <laughs> and in fact, you can see more with your heart than you can with your third eye. You don't navigate all the dimensions with your third eye. Because as you go into the 10th, 11th, and 12th dimension, there is nothing to see. 
there's only feeling. And to surrender to this, to, to feel it, to feel the connection, you need to surrender to it because you've been resisting it. And so your body's torn apart. You feel totally torn apart. You feel disconnected from your spiritual abilities and disconnected from humanity in general. So you suffer and your body hurts because of this. The other thing that's blocking you is what's called the rod of the stoic maiden. And there's a term for the masculine. I call it the, I call it the torture suit, but men and women both have different conditioning and the rod of the stoic maiden is down the spine, which is a blind spot. And so I want you to tonight when you go and later on today, just lay on your bed and I want you to notice the tension in your spine, that deep, deep tension that's always there. And it feels almost metallic. This is conditioning and it's a condition of not being able to fully allow yourself to be as formless as you are in a female body. The female body is more formless for a reason. We are, many of us called to birth, or I like to say 3D print, <laughs> new human bodies. So you really have to be really formless for this stuff, but not everyone has children or is called for that. The other thing women are capable of doing, and this is what you crave the most, is to be able to receive information to let it move through you so that you can know it in your gut, feel it in your heart, speak it with your voice and fully understand it with your mind and your spirit. And that's what women are really capable of doing. We're very good at it. Doesn't mean men are not good at it. It just means that the feminine female body is extra good at it. We're built for it because we're often being called to guide the masculine to physically manifest this stuff, right? but it comes through the root, which is our power center. And there's a lot of heaviness there in your root that goes right up the spine and it keeps you from speaking, keeps you from knowing and seeing, keeps you from all of those things. What it is, is it's ancient cultural conditioning about being a woman, being treated badly by the patriarchy as a second-class citizen and repressed and oppressed, right? So what do you do? You hang out with the two sides of your stoic maiden heavy metal energy, who's not allowed to have any feelings, who has to be both virginal and sexual. You hang out with her. You hang out with all of your lineage who felt that way too. And you welcome oppression as a frequency in your body and let it burn all the trash bags. And you welcome repression in your body and let it burn all your trash bags. And then you replace it. You replace it with light or perhaps a belief that's gonna nurture your right and left side to become merged again. So you might say, I believe that I am truly a spiritual being who is one with all beings. I believe that I truly am a physical being who is one with all beings. And you replace the trash bags with a truth and that will help your body. It will help you to see, feel, and know more. And this is for everyone who might 
relate to what our friend is going through. But I, I hope that this resonates with you and feels true. Rina, how is that for you? It's very strong. <laughs> the thing is that I, I know that I've done so much work on that scene already and like hearing it so strongly now, it wow, it's, um, it, it shakes me a little bit, but uh, it does resonate. It does resonate with me. And I, I, I know that even though I'm doing um, energy work and healing work, I know that this disconnection you're talking about from mm -hmm. the spirit and the source, it, it does come up in me. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, and here's why it's showing up. This is the last part of it. You've done enough work now that you're getting to the core of it and in our blind spot, which is the spine, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what's revealed isn't so much um, a disappointment of how there's still stuff left around this subject. It's the other way around. You've done so much work now, you're ready to be finished with the final last core of it. And by doing this, there'll be a massive breakthrough and there'll be so much more light and sense of oneness and completion in this. And then you won't have this issue anymore showing up at all. And you'll really be able to use that as a benchmark because the repression, oppression piece that's a lot of it's coming from your lineage. So you've done a lot on your personal self and I validate that work. Now it's going to be the rest of it. And 95% of the junk in our DNA is not from us. It's the trauma from our ancestors. N noted 500,000 years of crap. <laughs> so, but that's what you're pulling. It's a linchpin, right? You get down to the bottom of it. And then someone like me says, hey, there's the plug, pull it. <laughs> and you, you asked for the plug and that's what it is. It's a linchpin and then you'll be finished. The reason why you had to do so much work on this, well, your soul really needed to refine its knowledge about this problem and then recapitulate it and then when it's finished, bring it to stillness. And that's what you're doing now. So it's a gift for all of consciousness that you're achieving and you'll feel it for yourself in its wholeness. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Rena. Thank you that, so much. That was you're great. Welcome, my friend. And it was not just for Arena, this was for everybody. That was such a wonderful answer to her question, Elizabeth. <laughs> it was it was brilliant. Yeah, it was so amazing. Um, I just want to share really quickly what Laura said in the chat. She said, I heard you speak about letting the feelings move through and out months ago and have been practicing it ever since. I just had a moment of strong anxiety that it passed through and now I feel even and perfectly fine with the situation where I would have been seething for hours, days in the past. Thanks for the tip, Elizabeth. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so glad. So it does work. You have to use it, but it does work, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to take a moment and talk about the package that you have for us this time around, Elizabeth. So for those of you who are on the live page, you can just click on special offer. 
those of you who are not, you can go to alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth one. And this is the complete tool set for embodiment. I'm really loving this package because I actually am doing some live classes through this package and it's really key stuff. So um, the, the first piece um, is I'm trying to find the is package. The, the, three, the three minds workshop and ebook. Yes, there we go. So this is going to set you up for success for some of the live classes that, that, I'm, that I'm doing that are coming up. There's not live classes in this one, but this one is a complete tool set. So if I was to say to someone, if you really want to do the live classes that I'm teaching, which are going to be about dissolving cultural conditioning, and we're going to get really deep into this concept, both anthropologically and mystically. It turns out anthropology and mysticism tackle cultural conditioning very well together. And so if I was to prepare someone for that kind of work, for the utilization of these optimal energies right now, this is what I would suggest to someone, right? So the first one is actually three two hour long classes about the brain, heart and gut called the Three Minds Workshop with the ebook that goes along with it. And this talk walks you through understanding how you have three brains and how they run your body, but how they also are gonna serve you in your further dissolving of conditioning, programming, ego and trauma. The second one is a new class. It, it ended up being a, about four hours long. <laughs> There's three and a half or something like that. It's called Body Oracle, Finding Answers Within Yourself. For those of you who are wanting to be able to discern and ask questions, kind of like our friend just was saying, like, I really want to be able to know this stuff. We all really do. And there is a way and you can use your three minds to help you, but there's also understanding how culture changes. I happen to be an expert in culture change. That's what my theoretical work was built about. It was, that was all it was based on is exactly how culture changes and how you can affect change faster. So we take that theoretical model, not the deeper, more complex theory, but the model and then we take the three brains and we combine them into a full body discernment capability that I call the body oracle technique. So that's a full training on that and it comes with a worksheet to help you. The next class is empaths and entities training for all of you empaths and all of you who are having questions about entities. A lot of what I've taught today is surprising and from a very different perspective than usual. And so is this class. It's no different. I'm going to share with you some ideas about entities that you may not have ever realized. And it will bring you great peace. And you'll really truly see how much more capability you have as a soul than you ever did before, especially you empaths who have very different kinds of empaths out there. And I nail that down. I talk about all the types of empaths out there and what their superpowers are. And some of you are a mix of all of them. 
but you have a very important role to play with the real human internet. And we can't do it without you. We can't come into one mind without the empaths. So I really nail that down in that class. Then there's this great class called Quantum Healing for Infectious Disease. So we discuss everything from viruses to bacteria and much more and how to understand how quantum healing works and how to do it on yourself and your family members so that you can feel and understand the wisdom and importance of all of those little beings, the viruses and the bacteria and everybody, all the microbes, they're all very, very intelligent and they have a lot to share with us. And I wanna give you that ability to connect to them again so that we are not disconnected from that world anymore or afraid of it. And then there's a class on called the playground of time. A lot of people get confused about time and time is more of an ocean that is navigatable and not so much full of timelines. So I actually give you a very different way of navigating time than necessarily worrying about the future or the past. I give you a new access point. If, the, if time is on the x-axis, backwards and forwards, then where I'm gonna set you up is in the middle, in the now, where you can navigate the y-axis, moving in and out zooming in and out of the moment where you use that capability that some people call detachment, but we reclaim it as an in a mystical way and call it zooming in or zooming out. And then equations for enlightenment is a class. I'm very good at seeing patterns and I've seen patterns in the way that people navigate and enter into states of enlightenment. And I wanna share that with you because there's very key tools that are really simple that you can implement easily, you can implement them tonight, um, easily to help you establish that as a, as, a, as a trajectory for your soul. And then the last piece is anyone who ever comes to join me in my email list or buys a package, I invite you to come on the last Sunday of every month. This Sunday is the last Sunday, so we're meeting this Sunday for a two hour long community call where we address what's happened during the month. And we look at it from a personal to a universal perspective. And then we do work together. We build a pillar of light for some troubled part of the world. And we put our intent into it so that it is transmitted as a conduit of our intention from our hearts out to the rest of the planet in order to continue to pump more light into the system and help heal all these different traumatized folks out there in the world. So that's the package I wanted to give you today. It's really fully complete. It, it, it's more complete as like an established set of methods than almost anything I've done because some of it's pretty new. So I'm just really glad to offer this today at this price so that you can have access to this stuff. And hopefully if you don't get sick of hearing me talk, you'll enjoy the immense amount of detail I've put in each of these classes to support you. And they'll just be so rich and useful to cultivate your ongoing trajectory into more light. That's what my hope is for you. Beautiful, thank you. Um, 
And again, that package is available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth one. So these classes are not live, but they are going to help you to better integrate the knowledge and teachings that Elizabeth is going to be having in future live classes. Does that make sense, Elizabeth? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. So these are all downloadable or like you know, you can listen, start listening to them, watching them right away, whether uh, some might be videos or audios, but you can start listening to them right away. And you are going to have Elizabeth in the, in the near future live classes based on some of this work, right? Yes. And this is the foundation of it because we're going really deep and we're doing something that's extremely hard for humans to do over the next couple of months. I'm going to be teaching you to dissolve cultural conditioning. And most people don't achieve this because they don't have the scientific background or desire to do it or the mystical background and desire to do it. And I happen to have both and we combine them and I'll help you navigate this stuff. This is some of the most challenging deprogramming you can do, but I feel so confident in what we're capable of accomplishing with these coming up in February and March dissolving cultural conditioning is what i'm shooting for over this next year a lot of dissolving hmm. classes will be. but in the meantime if i was to prepare you to get you ready for it this is the set of classes i would offer to have you take beautiful thank you good all right so is there anything else that you want to share with us any last message that you want to share with us before we go i want to empower you a lot of the things I said today might have hit you in certain ways. It might have triggered you. It might have fell over your head. It might feel under you. It might have brought up a whole lot of different things. And that's exactly right. It was exactly what needed to be brought up. If you feel like you got your butt kicked or you got a hug or both, so do I. <laughs> and that's what we're going through right now. And so I, I'm not above you. We're on the precipice. We're on the edge together. There's no one behind us and there's no one in front of us. And we have this chance to take this jump together. We, have, we can jump into a brand new realm of consciousness on this planet that has never happened before in the whole many billions of years of history that Gaia has existed. This is her crowning moment to lift humanity up into one mind. What a wonderful gift we get to be in these bodies right now, to be with each other today, to be able to talk about these high level wonderful concepts and just notice, notice how your mind is felt as I've talked, notice how your heart is felt and how your gut and your deeper body have felt. Some people's guts might be like, whoa, this is intense. And then the brain mind is like, I don't know how to interpret this. And the heart's feeling a lot of things. And the three minds don't always get along and they don't always see things the same way. Why should they? They're three very different minds with very different purposes. But I just want you to notice your body 
and how today's show made you feel. Did it bring up some tough stuff for you? Did it help you to feel like you're not alone a little bit more? Did it help you to feel like you can do this? And, or did it help, did it make you feel like you can't? There's no wrong way to feel about this information. There's only the individuated, beautiful wavelength of light that you are beaming from source, having a very unique experience in this universe. And there's no one in this universe like you. No one, not in another galaxy. No one is like you. You are so important in consciousness and yet you are also source. And there's not a lack of specialness in the stillness of source. It's the other way around. It's the connection to all that is. The immobility of that light, that still light, where we all wanna reach, we wanna go home, where there is full conscious awareness of the screen as the movie, which is life, getting played on it. And then you have what you've always wanted, freedom. And if there's one thing that humans have wanted more than ever, it's freedom. It's because the matrix and all the structures and the experiment and the parameters, they're gone. We've never been more free than January, 2021. So welcome, I'm welcoming myself and I welcome you to be free today. Mm. Starts now and I love all of you very much. Thank you for being willing to be seen in these readings. I know it can be tough, especially when you're like, just see me, right? You never know who's gonna come up. This is why I don't do readings at bars <laughs> with these work people. No, you don't want me to do a reading for you at the bar. But thank you for being open and opening your hearts. And I just, I'm, I'm fully madly in love with humanity and especially all of you. Thank you. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And thank you everybody for all your questions and being here with us. Like I said before, you're going to want to watch and or listen to this again. There's so much wisdom, so much information, processes, etc. You're going to trust me. Some of it, you know, definitely above my head. Some of it is like just so much to process. Okay. And I know for myself, even before, like right before I got on the call, I felt a little, uh, a lot of stuff right before I got on the call. And then it, you know, I, I was experiencing the energy because it was huge. It was so expansive. It's like, I just want to lie down. I just want to just like relax into it and lie down. But it's like, I have to sit up and be present. But it's like, I want to just lie down, you know, and receive, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it was such a beautiful, beautiful call. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's, I just, I just adore you. You're just so wonderful. I love having you come on, you know? So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and thank you, everyone. <laughs> yes, I got to run. But until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Sending you all much love and blessings always. Bye for now. Namaste. Namaste, everyone. Bye for now. Yeah, it was, it was great. Great information, great wisdom. Yeah.